You're listening to the Banner Church Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. For more information, visit us online at thebannerchurch.com. What an awesome morning, amen? Put some stuff down here, hold on. Can I get that coffee? How many of you are thankful for coffee this morning? Amen. <laughs> Amen. I, uh, I'm thankful for our coffee. We got some good coffee here. I'm thankful uh, that churches in 2021 have good coffee. Uh, <laughs> I, we're very blessed by that. I've had every kind of coffee you can have, and I will pretty much take every form of coffee you can have. I'm not picky, but I'm thankful for it. Uh, I'm thankful to be here this morning. Man, wasn't our worship team amazing? Didn't they do a great job praising the Lord? I love it. I know we give worship to God because he is worthy of praise, but I am thankful that he has given us music to make it fun, right? It's like, it is not dreary, it is not a bummer, it is a good time. I'm thankful that we serve a God who loves uh, celebration and praise and declaration, and man, it's it's awesome. But uh, I want to share with you guys today some really great things. If you were here last week, I kind of gave you the plug. I said, hey, next week we're going to talk about what I think is probably uh, the most crucial Sunday that we have ever had as a church. I know ominous, right? Uh, but I just said, you know, we, this is really going to propel us for the next 10 years and what God wants to do. But before we get to that, I thought, man, what a great time to celebrate all that God has been doing at Banner Church. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. Awesome. Uh, I, I have been celebrating because we're coming up on our four-year birthday here at this building, uh, which is awesome for us. It has been really quite a journey coming into this space of this building. Uh, we, When my wife and I moved down, we felt very clearly that God had given us uh, the name for a church, Banner. And this was before we knew that there was a hospital named Banner here. We don't come from an area with Banner hospitals, but we'd already bought the domains. And so we figured, you know, hey, it's a spiritual hospital. Um, <laughs> and, you know, worst case, we make a lot of money on domains. Um, <laughs> uh, but all kidding aside, we really felt led by the Lord, and he had, he had really called my our attention to this verse even before we came down here, before we partnered with some incredible leaders and in ministries, before we became what we are now. He gave us the verse in Isaiah 11.10. If you ever wonder, why are we called Banner Church? Here's why. Isaiah 11.10 says, in that day, this is a prophecy about Jesus Christ. It says, in that day, the root of Jesse, if you didn't know, the root of Jesse is Jesus Christ. It says, in that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. It says, the nations will rally to him and his resting place will be glorious. And then Jesus Christ, when he comes, he says in John 12, 32, he says, And I, when I am lifted up from this earth, will draw all people to myself. See, Jesus is the banner. Jesus calls all people to himself, to restoration, to life, to hope, to healing. That is why we are Banner Church. Because we believe that Christ is calling all people, has been calling, will continue to call all people to himself to experience hope and healing. We, our mission statement actually is on the back wall. If you're watching online, let me read it to you. If you're here, you can turn around or you can just keep looking forward. I'll still read it. It says, so that all people, this is our mission. Why do we exist? We exist so that all people can experience the freedom and the power of a new life in Jesus Christ. That's our mission. Amen. And so for the past four years, in various shapes and forms, we have been raising the banner of Jesus Christ in this valley and around the world. It's interesting, I was reflecting, and we were even talking in first service, while well, I was talking in first service, um, about all that God has done in, in the past four years. And I was thinking back to when we met in a home, and we were gathering, and then we were going to do our big Easter gathering. And so we rented a space at the, um, at the embassy suites, and we, we got one of those meeting rooms there, and we all gathered, and there were 70 people all gathered together worshiping for Easter. And it was amazing. I remember thinking, like, 70 people care what we have to say. <laughs> I was pumped because we've been in a house with 20 people. And uh, 
it was interesting to see as time went because the next year in Easter we had 145 people and the next year in Easter we had 220 people and the next year in Easter I watched it in my pajamas I don't know about you but that's what I watched Easter and I have no idea how many people were there uh, but I was there and a lot of you were there I mean not with me in my pajamas Katie was there um, but but we watched it and that was a that was a unique season um, I, I appreciate being a part of church in this form uh, but I, I do really enjoy online. If you're watching online, we're really glad that you're joining with us. We celebrate you, right? Aren't you glad that people are joining all around? Amen. We're thankful that you're a part of what God's doing here. But it's been great. And then I, I was thinking about it, too, as we've been reflecting over the past couple months about how my daughter was the only kid in the kids' ministry. I remember uh, we took her from a ministry that we had been working with in the church and took her from a kids' ministry of hundreds of kids to a kids' ministry of one kid, and all of her friends were like young women in their 20s, right? They're all these single women. They're all married now, but single women. Uh, and then Lucy, and the, those were her sisters because there was no other kids um, if you were leading in the kids' ministry in that moment when it was just my daughter, can I just say thank you for not quitting on what God wanted to do and for and for just saying that my daughter was enough if that was who you're going to minister to because she's everything to me. So I'm thankful that you took the time. I know we got people like Christian and Sydney here who sometimes my daughter was the only person in there that you were ministering to. But can I tell you that that means a lot to me. If she's still in there, it's still worth doing kids' ministry. <laughs> Because that, that's who God has put me in charge of. And so I'm so thankful for you and your ministry. Just so faithfully back there for years and serving in that ministry. Uh, but God took that from one to nine. To the next year there was 20. And to this year Delaney's like, hey, just want to let you know we're averaging about 40 kids in kids ministry a week. And I was like, okay, that explains the noise. Because <laughs> things changed, right? COVID, we had a big change. Some of y'all, I know you were in lockdown because I've seen your baby. I know what you did in lockdown, right? <laughs> we had seven babies born because we started as a young professionals church, uh, you know, and a majority of our church was in young professionals. And then after COVID, y'all came back and you were young families, right? <laughs> That's what happened. Uh, amen. Look at that timing. What great timing. <laughs> amen. It's just one of the cute babies we have. There's some cute, y'all make some cute babies in this church. Um, and we love them. And if your baby makes noise, we love them making noise in here because they're, they're agreeing in their spirit with me, which everyone should do. <laughs> but we had a big shift. And uh, I, we've, I've been sharing with leaders lately that we've been praying, you know, God, what are you calling your church to do? And really in this season and as we've been looking in that time, there's that unique balance of church. And uh, I've had this conversation with, with people over the past couple weeks even. It's that's the balance of churches that we have to build the body and love the block, right? That we have to build the body, the body of Christ here. I talked about, you know, ministering to the kids and developing. And then we also have to go outside our walls, right? And the church can sometimes get a little imbalanced one way or the other, and the beautiful church is the one that's balanced. It's building the body and discipling and also reaching out. Amen? And so we begin to pray like, okay, God, I, I see how we're building the body, but how are we reaching out? Because before COVID, I, we didn't really have a good idea. We were just like, let's, let's do something, right? We're figuring it out. Everyone told me, oh, yeah, you know, after your second year of being a lead pastor, it gets so easy. And then my third year of being a lead pastor was COVID. Uh... <laughs> And I joke about that, but it's gave us a lot of time to reflect and say, okay, God, what are you speaking? And it was amazing. Even we went online, our first series online, we had 26 salvations. Did you know that? 26 people gave their life to the Lord in that first series online. And so we started reaching out like never before. And in our faithfulness, not meaning Katie and I, meaning our faithfulness here in person and online in your faithfulness, God began to move in really powerful ways. And this year we feel like God has given that call and that renewed calling to build two spaces, to build the altar and the avenue, to build a space where God encounters people and transforms and renews and they begin to be discipled and developed and enriched and pastored and shepherded and sent out into the world. And then the second place is the avenues, the streets, the places where people who think they should, they, 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 that Jesus, they, they've never maybe even heard of him. They don't even know what they don't know. That he loves them so deeply and has given such a plan and purpose for their life and called them into eternity with him. So we began to do both and build both. If you were here last week, you noticed that basically half the church was at the altar. Amen? And we began to pray and believe that God would renew and enrich and restore your life by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because that's whose ministry it is anyways, right? 
And so in this season, we begin to pray that there would not only be transformation of the church, but in the city. And God has done some amazing things. Can I just tell you? God has done some amazing things that you are a part of. Let me, can we celebrate for a second? Can we do that? Okay, let, let's celebrate. Let, let me tell you about what God has done. And maybe let's just kind of go to the beginning of COVID. I know you were like, wasn't that eight years ago? No, that was a year and a half ago. It feels like an eternity ago, but it was about a year and a half ago. At the beginning of COVID, uh, it was a crazy season, but people began to just give and give generously. And so we started going, uh, Katie and myself, we, we launched a little small group, and we started just going door to door. And uh, we started with like 64 units, and we had people there. It was just kind of like whatever we could get that week. Remember when that's how you shopped at the grocery store? It was like, whatever I can find that week is what we're doing, right? It's like we're eating Brussels sprouts and leftover carrots, right? Because there's no chicken. You guys remember that? That period of time where it's like, where is all the chicken going? I don't know where you guys are putting it, but someone bought all of the chicken and all of the toilet paper. Probably the same person, right? <laughs> so we just started going door to door. We started... Uh, you know, loving on neighbors and saying, hey, can we pray with you? Is there anything we can, we can pray with you and believe with you for in your life? And we started with 64 units, and this past year we've served over 150 families at Love the Block. Now, oh yeah, you can celebrate. Remember I said we're going to celebrate? I know. Come on. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> now we do two blocks, which is great. Now we do two blocks. Every week we go out and we serve our community. We care for them. We, we do two different streets, and go out as teams and love on them and pray for them and go to their homes. And we've given away 80 Thanksgiving dinners. We've given away 500 pizzas, given away 200 Mother's Day and Father's Day gifts. We've done countless kids' activities. We've given away home goods, food, supplies. Did you know that we've paid rent and utilities? When I, every time I say we, I hope you hear me say we. Those of you who have been generous, you've been, I, I've been in my house. I've had to really, really self-isolate because of my health. Maybe you're still home and you have to isolate because of your health. Can I still tell you it's a we? You're a part of that. And what's cool is every week we get to build bridges. See, those gifts, it's not just us like giving out random things. This is us building a bridge into someone's life, caring and loving and saying, hey, there's something even, even greater. There's a greater gift than I could give you. And that's the gift of Jesus Christ. And I, and I, I, I said this every time I, I explain this, that I wish I could figure out a way, and I still haven't been able to do it. Maybe I will someday, but I wish I could fully explain that feeling of that person who you've been talking to and having general dialogue and knocking on the door. That moment they invite you, not only into their home, but into their life, and you begin to share with them, and they say, listen, I need a miracle in my life. And you pray for them in that moment, and you begin to see God move. You begin to see God bring that job, bring that health, restore that body. It's amazing. In fact, if you want to know, you can come Thursday nights, 6 o'clock, every Thursday. When? Every Thursday. This Thursday? Yep, every Thursday. <laughs> Is it difficult? No, it's actually incredibly easy. But I just want to invite you. You can do that. But not everybody can. So I just want to tell you that God is doing amazing things. Every gift was an opportunity this past year and a half to be a conversation about Jesus Christ. Some of my favorite stories, and, and I won't use names, I'll just tell you the stories, is we have a gal on the block that's been ministered to by many people on the team, prayed for consistently for breakthrough, that God has brought breakthrough. One of the things in health was that they had had multiple major health problems uh, um, uh, strokes and problems, uh, multiple, multiple strokes. And so our team began to pray and believe. And not only is this person ministered in that season, that season of difficulty, but also has seen health and healing over their body and in their job and in their family and restoration in all those places by the power of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that amazing? We had another, another family that, that we really deeply love who in the moment lost their job. And there's often families who are working these multiple jobs that when those jobs get shut down, they lose their jobs first. And so they came to us and said, hey, we're really hurting. Can you help? And so because of your generosity, like, we paid their rent. We took care of them. Not only uh, did they get another job, but their family is uh, enriched. Their family is, is, is really, really a beautiful relationship with my wife and myself. And the other week I was here, and, and he, the hu husband, the father, drove in and was like, hey, where have you guys been? Because we took a couple weeks off. And he's like, are you okay? Is there anything you need? And I'm like, what? anything I need, right? Uh, but I was like, that's amazing that, like, you know, we have this relationship because they begin to see Banner Church as a place of hope and a place of life. Uh, my wife and one of our volunteers went to our newer block that we now minister to every week, 
assuming you know we have enough uh, volunteers and all these kind of things. But uh, they went to this new block and knocked on a gal's door. They're like, let's just be led. We got some pizzas. We're going to give them out, and we're going to see if we can pray for some people, right? It's amazing how much you can pray and step into someone's life for a $5 pizza, right? They knocked on the door, and the door opened, and the, and the gal was crying, and she just was—she said, I was— getting ready to, to go to bed without any food. And I prayed to God and said, if you see me and you love me, would you bring me some food? And that, that's called a last-ditch prayer. How many of you prayed those prayers in your life? And in that moment, my wife and our, our other team member got to pray over them, to go in their home pray over them, and to pray and really speak life and say, God sees you and knows you and loves you. Church, that's what it's about. As we not only build the body but love the block— as we begin to reach out. Also this year during COVID, and this is crazy. Again, I, I love this. I love that we've been on mission during COVID. Isn't that amazing? Like during COVID, uh, we did Christmas in Scottsdale. We're like, how are we going to hand out 1,500 toys when we can't hand anybody anything, right? Like, how do you do that, right? Uh, and so we worked with the school, and the school is amazing. Tonalia is just amazing. Their leadership was amazing with us. And we handed out 1,500 toys, and we had a little drive through and you could drive up your parent, let your kids out, and our volunteers with, like, four masks and eight pairs of gloves would, like, lead you around, and then you could touch the one thing that you, which made the line move quick. You tell a kid, you can only touch one thing. They're, they really, they're really intentional <laughs> about what they pick out. Uh, but in that moment, they, we pulled the cars forward, and, you know, kids do take a little time when you put 1,500 toys in front of them and tell them, choose one. Uh, and so in that moment, we had our prayer team there, which, again, right, this is the point, is this is the move of God upon lives. We had our prayer team there, and Carlos and Christina were up front, and they're just, just incredible prayer warriors. And I, like, look over, and Christina's, like, leaning in this person's window, and uh, the, the gal was just breaking down crying and, and I came up and basically the gist of it was that her husband had been deported she had not heard for her husband for a long time was afraid that that he had actually been killed because of some things that were happening and she said I drove up feeling absolutely no hope in my life and Christina prayed for her and God moved in that moment Christina's full of the Holy Spirit and she said she left that moment she said now I feel like I have hope for the first time in months that's what it's about. 1,500 toys is so cool, and that's because your generosity, right? But even better is a moment where someone says, Jesus, I I'm living for you. I'm for you. My heart's for you. That's what it's about. Uh, we, we did the, the back-to-school bash. And that was amazing. We, that, another during COVID thing, we gave out 150 backpacks, and we gave out, uh, we did 70 haircuts. I, I say we as if I did any haircuts. They would not let me cut hair. Um, and first of all, we had some people from the place my wife gets her haircuts, the Beauty by Veronica in Scottsdale. They're, they're amazing. They brought like seven people. We had all kinds of barbers. I, that, anyways, I shout them out because we love them. If you, if you cut hair, tell me. I'll give you a shout out because the fact that you cut 70 children's hair means you are a saint. <laughs> and we all need haircuts. Uh, I don't know what, you know, the legality of that is, but go get your haircut from them. Um, but we, uh, we, we had the ability to do 70 haircuts, 150 backpacks, and 200 meals. Isn't that amazing? Well, come on. You can celebrate. You can say, there we go. There we go. Uh, we did teacher appreciation. We gave a gift to teachers at Tonalea every day. I wish we could have done every school because if you are a teacher here, God bless you. Uh, the fact you're still a teacher now or an administrator or a, a special ed helper, may God bless you. I want you to know personally that we pray for you constantly. And we'll, we'll try to find a way to come to your school too because I just, I'm blown away by our teachers. Just being a pastor, <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, yes, I, I'm, I, I'm praying for you and all that you face. It's amazing. But uh, we also supported OCJ, which you probably saw on the video. That's very near and dear uh, to my wife and I's heart because we really care about uh, children and young people and especially people aging out who don't necessarily believe that someone is there rooting and parenting and guiding them into the next season of life. And how many of you know that we all need someone, right? That in the wealthiest nation on earth, we should not have children who are going to bed without a parent, things we should fix. But when that's really near to our heart, OCJ ministers of those group homes, ministers of those leaders, ministers of those kids who are preparing to age out. 
We also supported Amorite. This was pretty exciting. Uh, our, our men's director, David Barry, came to me and said, hey, listen, I found out that Amorite, who's one of the ministries uh, that, that is connected this, to this church through Unite Phoenix, said, hey, Amorite is, uh, is needing to sponsor their inner city youth, because that's what Amorite uh, ministers to is, is youth in, in, when I say inner city, I mean in the city of Phoenix, right? In the city of Phoenix to sponsor them to go to camp. And I was like, let's do it. We don't have a youth ministry yet. We're launching one actually next week, next month. I don't remember. Someone tell me. Tell me later. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I said, let's let's just give and let's fund it all the way. And literally in four hours, we raised $14,000 to send the kids to camp. It's amazing. In Global Missions, you know, we came up to a season and decided to continue sponsoring our sister church in Thailand and just say, you know what, I know it's COVID, you guys are locked down, uh, but we're just, we're going to continue to give above and beyond to you and to see that church in Thailand grow and to see lives change there. We also supported about 27 missionaries around the world in every continent, including Chi Alpha Ministries to colleges in the United States and U.S. missions as well. So we were like, listen, I know there's people that have to drop off because of COVID, but because our church is giving generously, what are we going to do? We're going to take care of our missionaries around the world who are spreading the gospel even in lockdown. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it's okay. I think it's I think it's been pretty cool. I, I I've been celebrating and I have been rejoicing because God is so good. I joked about you know seeing a shift from young families, but it was funny you know. But before COVID, uh, we we had no room in the auditorium and lots of room in kids, and now we have a little bit of breathing room in here and no breathing room in kids. Right again because y'all made kids during COVID. Um, but also God has begun to bring young families, which is an area that we've really been praying that God would fill in as a church because we want a church of all kinds of people of all kinds of life seasons. Amen. We want all kinds of people, all backgrounds, all ages. Right. All demographics, all races, that, that's really the beautiful church. is a church that's all kinds of people linking together, and I love seeing that shift. Things are a little tight, and they're going a little crazy back there, and Delaney keeps asking me what we're going to do, right? She's, she's just doing too good of a job as a children's pastor. I was like, be half as successful, and we won't have to worry about it, right? And she told me no. She, she refused. She said, I'm, I'm all the way up, right? <laughs> Uh, and it's crazy thinking as a church when I think of uh, and, and look back over, you know, like I remember we launched three small groups and we're like, that's it. That three, we did it. And this semester we had 11 with like over 100 people involved in small groups. If you're not in a small group, you should join a small group. There's still time. <laughs> I love seeing what God has done. I love coming here on a Wednesday and like seeing people trying to do their small group and find a space. They're like in this stairwell because that's the only space available. They're like, wherever it works for the kingdom, right? We're going to be a part of it. But I love seeing what God has begun to do. And I, I don't know about you, but I've just been, I, again, this has been a tough year. This has been a year of loss and a year of struggle. This has been a year of difficulty and continues to have difficulty and have struggle. But can I say, even amidst all of the difficulty and loss and suffering, God has still done some amazing things. God is still moving. God is still changing lives. And I love that about our Lord and that he sits with us in our suffering and he recognizes our suffering and yet he continues to move too. Not only does he give us rest, but he gives us purpose and a mission and a plan. I love that. Isn't God amazing? Can we just can we just take I want to take a minute and just pray together and thank God for what he's done. Yes, for all the outreach. Yes, for all that he's built here in building the body and loving the block, but also just for who he is. And today, if you need encouragement, you're hearing these celebrations and you're coming from a place of struggling, I just, enjoy, I, I just invite you to join us in praising God for who he is and allow him to speak encouragement to your heart. Can we pray together this morning? God, we thank you that you are a good God. We thank you, God, that even in dark seasons, that your light shines, that you bring hope and healing, that you bring restoration. Thank you for the generosity of this church. But God, in our faithfulness, you have brought fruitfulness, and we say thank you, Jesus. May we honor you even more this year, above and beyond whatever we could ask and imagine, God. We thank you that even in the pandemic, your kingdom is always gaining ground. We thank you, God, that you're good. We give it to you in your name. Amen. Amen. 
I got to say, and it may be just because I'm a pastor, but I think it's because I'm a believer, uh, that the church is pretty incredible. I don't know what your experience with churches. You might have had a bad experience, but let me tell you that the church that, that Christ planted, the church that Jesus started, is pretty amazing. The church that is by His power, by the Holy Spirit, is pretty awesome. It's pretty amazing what God does through it because God has a great plan and purpose for his church and the church. I thought we could read some scripture together. Can we do that today? I want to talk a little bit about what this church is and looks like and where we as Banner Church are going together. But I want to start together in Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. It says this, Now Jesus came into the, di the district of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Meaning him. And they said, some people say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied. I love Simon Peter. Any Simon Peter fans in the house? I love Simon Peter. Just like first to answer, right or wrong, he's just in there. Where This time he nails it. Uh, so Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Good job, Peter. <laughs> and Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I love that. He says, Peter. My, I don't know if you know this, but he changed Peter's name to Peter. It's like a really great nickname slash complete identity change, right? When Jesus gives a nickname, he gives it to your soul, right? <laughs> it's like, you, they used to call you this, now you're this. You were a pebble, now you're a rock, right? He says, I'm establishing my church. I'm building it on the rock. I'm putting it on a foundation. I don't build on sand. I build on the rock, I built it on a foundation. He says, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Have you thought about that phrase? That's an interesting phrase. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. When the gates of hell come against it, they're not going to prevail. Have you ever seen gates used offensively? <laughs> like, we stormed the gates with the other gates. Oh, I can tell you why you lost. Because you should, <laughs> should have had swords. Right? The swords of hell will not. But that makes sense for me, right? What are the gates of hell? Well, the gates of hell comes from an Old Testament phrase of the gates of Hades. Or this idea of the power of death. Amen, child. <laughs> in, in the kid's space there made of glass windows and design idea. Uh, <laughs> the gates of Hades will not The power of death will not prevail against it. Let me say this. Jesus is saying, nothing in this world will overcome the church that I have planted. Nothing in this world. The power of death, right? The only thing that's sure in this life, death and taxes. He said, well, he talked about taxes. That's a whole different series. But in this moment, the power of death will not overcome what God has planned for the church. Since I give you the keys to the kingdom. Believers, you are members of the kingdom of God. Out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God. That's the transfer that he has done. Not just of your location, but of your identity, like we talked about last week. We are members of the kingdom of God. And Jesus says your witness will open doors and give access so others enter this kingdom and nothing can stop it. Hear me, church. If you've been watching the news, if you've been bummed out, if life has been coming against you, if this has been just the worst year, still hear me say, church, that God's kingdom cannot be stopped. Nothing can stop God's kingdom. The kingdom of hope, the kingdom of life, the kingdom of redemption, the kingdom of restoration. Jesus, Jesus Christ, comes to the earth. And he goes to the cross to die for our sins. And in that moment, death, I'm sure, thinks it's victorious, right? The enemy thinks, I did it. But remember, the gates of hell will not prevail. And so on the third day, Jesus rises again. And not only does he rise again in the resurrection, but he invites us into the resurrection. Like, oh, come on, Jesus, right? Someone thankful for that today? I know you might have heard that before, but I think sometimes we need to remember how good, it's good news, right? I know we see a lot of bad news, fake news, upside down news, whatever Facebook is now, right? But this is good news, right, <laughs> that comes from the Lord. 
And he rises again on the third day, but he doesn't just rise to be like, all right, thanks, guys, see ya. <laughs> he establishes his church. His kingdom come, his will be done. Hebrews 12, 28 says, Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Why cannot it cannot be shaken? Because it's founded upon the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But then I love Jesus says, okay, now I'm going to give my disciples the great commission. Somebody say great commission. The great commission. Here's the great commission. So what Jesus says to his disciples, he rises again, and he says this to his disciples in commissioning them. He says, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. He says, I'm the embodiment of the kingdom, and now you will become kingdom builders. I'm sending you out to build the kingdom to reach out, to give everything, everything to reach out and bring people into the light to disciple them. But he tells his disciples, he says, listen, before you go build the church, there's something important that has to happen. Because you're very devoted and I love you, but listen, I don't want you thinking that this is based off your power and your might and your ability and your know-how and your degree and your pedigree and your background and your last name. I don't want you thinking that. There's one thing that is going to build this church, and that's the Holy Spirit. It says this kingdom-building work is not going to be by your power. It's going to be by the Holy Spirit. And so he says in Acts 1.8, he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And then... You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so in Acts 2, I'm just giving you a summary. Everyone still with me? Okay, I'm giving you a summary. In Acts 2, the Holy Spirit falls. They're, they're waiting in the upper room. They say, we got a great commission. We got a mission. We got a plan and a purpose, but we don't have the power yet. The power of the Holy Spirit. And so they're waiting. They're waiting. It says in Acts 2 that the Holy Spirit falls upon them as they're praying and all the Jewish people are gathered for a feast. The Holy Spirit falls upon them and every, everything changes. And what do they do? They immediately go out full of the Holy Spirit and they preach the good news. That's what they do. That's how they respond. They're full of the Holy Spirit and they share the gospel. That's the response to the Holy Spirit is sharing the gospel and declaring the good news. And I, I know if you're old school Pentecostal, you're like, the initial physical evidence speaking in tongues. What I see initial physical evidence is that they preach the gospel. And the Holy Spirit moved through them in tongues, which we believe in. The Holy Spirit moved through them in power. The Holy Spirit moved through them in prophecy and wisdom. The Holy Spirit moved through all the gifts, which we believe in. I don't know if you know you came to a Pentecostal church today. We believe in the gifts. Don't freak out. We're not going to do like a speaking in tongues, lesson four, up, up front after. Don't worry. Don't worry. But we believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because we believe that the Holy Spirit dwells within you and all that God promised is true. And that day I will pour out my Spirit on sons and daughters and they both will prophesy. And what's amazing, I love it, is thousands of people get saved. Isn't that awesome? Because when the gospel is preached with the Holy Spirit, it, it moves things, it changes things. And it adds, and we get this very beautiful picture of the early church. Now, if you've read the New Testament, you know they don't always stay as utopian as this moment. They fight with each other. They're very messy because guess what? We're all imperfect people. If we weren't, we wouldn't need a perfect Savior, but we super do. <laughs> so it doesn't always stay perfect. But in this moment, we get this beautiful glimpse of this community that's working to build the kingdom of God. And here's what it is, Acts 2, 42. Let me, let me just read this to you today. If you've got your Bible, in fact, open to Acts 2, 42. But if not, the, the words will be on the screen for you. It says, and they devoted themselves, they, in the early believers, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. It says, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done to the apostles. It says, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. It says, And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. 
Church, can I, can I tell you something today? This is us. This is your inheritance, church. You have the same call to be kingdom builders. Now, it looks a little different. We live in a little different place and location and time, right? So functionally, there's elements that look different. This is being descriptive. It's not prescribing because we, we don't go to temple. And in a little while, we'll see that the church is kicked out of the temple and they can't go either, right? But what he's describing here is the same call that we have upon our lives. See, I believe that God is calling this church in this season to build his kingdom here in Scottsdale, in this community, and around the world. Something that the world has never seen or has seen in pockets or moments, but that God wants to revive and stir. What's a kingdom builder as I'm saying this? What I mean is that God is calling people to give everything for the growth of the kingdom here on earth. Kingdom builder, someone who reflects the heart of Jesus, who Philippians 2 said, Philippians 2 says, Jesus, who was God, considered uh, being like God, nothing to be attained, but instead made himself a servant, a servant, and humbled himself, humbled himself, even unto death. But what did God do? It says, then God elevated him to the right hand. Glory and honor. See, church, I think that we are on the precipice of opportunity. We have great access in our community. We have great need in our city. And we have the great hope of Jesus Christ. And just like the early church, we have a great commission to build the body and to love the block. We have a call upon it. And I believe that God is stirring us, church, in this season to step into that great call upon his church. But I want to look just for a moment at this really exemplary community of the early church. And look at three things that we see the early church exemplify as a kingdom-building community. Three things. If you're taking notes, write this down. Three things that we see the early church exemplify as a kingdom-building community. One, first thing, most important thing, they were full of the Holy Spirit. If it doesn't start there, it doesn't start anywhere, right? They were full of the Holy Spirit, says in verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and breaking of bread and prayers. It says, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. I love that. As the apostles taught and moved, the people, be, they, they were in awe. And it says, then they were added to their number, and they began giving and connecting and being a part of this. But it says, they were in awe. And I know we use the word awe all the time now. We're like, yeah, that's awesome, right? And we use the word awesome. But the word awe here was such a powerful descriptive word because it was the word of someone when they would encounter God. It was this word to explain when they both had reverence and fear and recognition and were overwhelmed and overpowered. They're just like, we're in awe, right? It's like the Grand Canyon on mega steroids, right? There was another Grand Canyon inside the Grand Canyon for the Uber Canyon. That would be maybe close. Why were they in awe then? Not these fishermen, right? Why were they in awe? They were in awe because the apostles had the Holy Spirit. And they were moving in the Holy Spirit. They were working in the Holy Spirit. And we know this because we know that they were extraordinarily ordinary men. And Acts 4.13 tells us about how Peter and John, they're brought before the leaders of the day. And the leaders go, wow, these guys are really common. That's a burn. But man, there's something about them that's amazing. Acts 4.13 says, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and they perceived that they were educated, common men, they were astonished, which is like, wow, and ouch. <laughs> it says, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. They say, you know, these guys, we've seen these guys fishing, but this guy, Peter, he just preached the most fire sermon I have ever heard in my life. Where did that come from? Isn't that, I love this because I love the fact that the people who hated them still had to recognize that God was doing something in their life. They're like, well, we'll bring him in and we'll destroy him, you know, with our theology and with our, all this stuff. And then Peter just like wipes the floor with the arguments, gives this epic sermon. And they're like, uh, you, you fish. <laughs> It's like fishermen can be smart too, right, Evan? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I love that. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. 
1 John 2, 18, John tells us, listen, church, you've received the Holy Spirit as an anointing. Every believer is anointed by the Holy Spirit. Paul in Corinthians says we all have one spirit. I just need to say something here. We were talking about a pre-service prayer. And I got to say, you have the same Holy Spirit that Peter had. He didn't, like, change, right? God does not change. The Holy Spirit is God. He, the Holy Spirit, is with you and indwelt within you. You don't have Diet Coke, Holy Spirit. You don't have Diet Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit Zero, right? That's not the Holy Spirit you have. You have, you have like the, the real good Holy Spirit. You have like Mexican Coke, Holy Spirit, right? You know what I'm talking about? Like you go to the taco shop, you're not even thirsty, but you can smell the sugar from behind. You see it glistening in there. It's just, just perfect and bright, and you just you smell the sugar. Just waves of cane sugar come over you, like just like yeah, like an old school revival. Just yes, shada, right? You can feel it. It's good. It's real. And then you drink it, and your eye explodes because it's got so much sugar in it, right? Listen, that's the whole, you do not have diet Holy Spirit. It's not like to Peter, I give real spirit, and to Gary, I give diet spirit, you know? Let's start them, let's start them off easy, right? You have the Holy Spirit because it's not like some pitcher or some item or it's, it's, he is he to have a relationship with you. Holy Spirit, Man, what would the church look like if we actually believed that? That the same Holy Spirit who was anointing the apostles and the disciples to walk down the street and their shadow was healing people is the same Holy Spirit that dwells within you. Man, if you have not gotten there in your heart, can I encourage you? That's a great prayer point. Not like, God, may my shadow heal people, but God, may I begin to fully uh, understand this great relationship. Even though you're great, I'll never fully understand it. But God, would you just continue to reveal, Holy Spirit, how much this relationship blesses my life and how much you've called me to do. The power of the church is the Holy Spirit. Our future at Banner is rooted in the Holy Spirit, not for our glory, not for our honor, not for our praise, but for Him. He gives the power, he gets the glory. He moves the mountains, he gets the praise. He heals the sick, he raises the dead, he alone is worshipped. But he wants to do it through you. You're like, are, are you sure? Has he seen me? There's days I'm, I'm very, very difficult. And there's days that I'm honestly even kind of mad at God for the situation. I mean, yes, even you. He loves you that much. He's got such a great plan and purpose. And he says, listen, church, this is what I've rooted it on. The cornerstone is Jesus Christ. And the indwelling is the Holy Spirit. They're full of the Holy Spirit. Kingdom builders recognize that the kingdom is built by the Holy Spirit. Okay, second thing. Everyone's still with me? They, the early church, we're looking at the three things that really exemplary of the early churches, a kingdom-building community, they were extraordinarily generous. Generosity is the defining characteristic of God. It is also something, as people, we struggle sometimes the most with, is generosity. But it is a defining characteristic of God that he's generous. It's not a surprise then that those who build his kingdom also share his same quality. Proverbs eleven twenty four through 25. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and the one who waters will himself be watered. I love the early church because God has given generously to his church. And I'm not talking dollars and cents here. I'm talking salvation in Jesus Christ. Is there ever a greater gift than the Savior Jesus Christ that he has given to us? His son, John 3, 16. It used to be a day we'd wave signs with John 3, 16 in football games. I don't know what we wave now. I can't afford to go. But John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Who's thankful for that gift today? Who is thankful for the gift of salvation? Who's thankful for the gift of redemption and restoration? Let me tell you how the church responded to that gift. Here's what they did. It says, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. See, that's not casual giving. All these men were Jewish. They all went to temples or synagogues. 
The early church at this moment had not made the call to the Gentiles yet, though people like the Samaritan woman had heard of Jesus Christ and different encounters like that, but had not made the shift where they began to think it goes beyond us. The people that you see from all uh, nations that were gathered in Jerusalem, they were all Jewish people there for the feast. They spoke different languages. They were part of the diaspora, but they were all Jewish. They all went to the temple. They did the religious things, right? They prayed. They worshiped. They gave. They engaged in fasting. All of those things. But this is something above and beyond. See, kingdom builders practice extraordinary generosity. Not out of compulsion, but out of a response to the love of Jesus Christ. They recognize how much Jesus has given them, and they go above and beyond with generosity. I love this. They took their property, and they sold it, and they said, what could God do with this? I think it's amazing when churches are generous what God does. Don't you think? I, I find it fascinating in ministry. This is the area I get the most pushback. Someone will be like, God, I give you my family. God, I give you the school. God, I give you the government. God, I don't give you my money. It's like, mm, okay, well, that's a heart issue. <laughs> That's up to you, you and him. But I think there's a point here to say what we see in the early church is a response to the love of God. And they're like, what can we do to help out? What can we do? What can God do with what he has given us? Look what he's done with my life. Now what could he do with this? And it says they begin to sell property. Why? Because they valued the mission that they were on. And so they said, I will give generously and above and beyond. Look at what he's done with my life. Why don't I give him everything? Because it seems like he's doing a better job with it. And they went above and beyond. Let's say men's there. That's okay. <laughs> Western church, we struggle. You go around the world, and they actually still do this, by the way. You go to Thailand. You go to China, right? <laughs> you go to Africa. You know what they're doing? They're selling property. People in counter Christ are like, just anything, God. I give you everything. Why? Because it actually costs them everything to follow God, so they don't mind giving up everything to follow God. The hard part is that when it costs us nothing in our mind, we don't feel like we have to give up anything. Yeah, but it's so comfy to go to church because our parents went to church. Well, <laughs> Can I just encourage you and say God's got a greater plan and purpose than just like, we're religious, we go to Chick-fil-A? Right? <laughs> right? I like Chick-fil-A. No problem. But I think God might have something bigger for us, church, that's birthed out of generosity. And I'm not saying that to guilt anybody. Please, don't be guilted. But to say, man, God can do something with generosity. And we see that descriptively in the early church. This is not prescriptive. I'm not saying if you own land, you need to sell it and bring it to— Nope. <laughs> He's not prescribing this as like what you must now do. He's describing how they responded. And I want to encourage you as a kingdom building church, we need to begin to think in that way. God, what can you do with what I can give and what I can lay down? But I love it that not only were they responding to the generosity of Christ, they were also had this deep sense of commitment to the mission of the church. The third thing, if you're taking notes, write this down. They had a strong and unified purpose. They had a strong and unified, hear me church, unified, one more time, unified, everybody say unified, unified purpose. If there's anything that's hurting the church right now, it's just casual disunity. It's like we have an issue, we're not actually going to talk about it, we're just going to leave. We're frustrated, we're not going to give grace, we're just going to bounce, or we're going to get upset, or we're going to post online. Man, church, I love some just good old-fashioned unity. Because <laughs> God is good, his church is good, the mission's good. And you know what? We all make mistakes. Let's give each other some grace and move forward in a united purpose. Wouldn't that be great? Think of all that Christ has forgiven us for. What if he held that against us? And yet, he's constantly forgiving and renewing and enriching. When was the last time Jesus held a grudge against you? Oh, never. <laughs> We have a unified purpose. I love this. Acts 2.44 says, And all who believed were together and had all things in common. That's interesting. All, they were together and had all things in common. Listen, I don't know what generation you are. If you think he's advocating socialism here or something, he's not. <laughs> there's, there's the wording that he's using here, which is why biblical interpretation is important. Because that word together is actually epituato. And I, I probably said that wrong. But it's really actually hard to translate because I've looked at translations of this phrase and there's not really like a word that fits in there. Did you know that when you translate from another language to this one, there's not always the perfect word. That happens to me when I try to speak Spanish. Right? It's definitely happened when we're coming out of Greek, Arabic, or heaven forbid Hebrew, right? 
that phrase is hard, but what is the phrase meaning consistently in Scripture? It's this deep sense of being united together and being for one another. Your Scripture might say instead of all things in common, it might say they were of one accord. It's this idea that they were just coming and meeting together. They were united together in purpose. They were on the same team. They were fighting the same fight, not each other. They were, they were together of one accord. And then in verse 46, look what it says they did. It says, And day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. That unity birthed gratitude. It says, Praising God and having favor with all the people. It says, And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Can we just say, that's a church on mission, right? They said, this is the commission. We have a mission. Let's do what it takes to make it happen. I love that. Say, so listen, we've experienced the freedom and power of the Lord Jesus Christ upon our life and the filling of the Holy Spirit. Man, let's be united together for the mission. We come from different places, different backgrounds, different understandings, and we know from Scripture they had some offenses, they had some frustrations, they had some divisions because of humanity and our imperfections, right? But at the beginning, they were of a unified purpose, and they said, let's come together and I'll go one direction. I think often the church is like that ship, the evergreen, that was stuck in the Suez Canal. You guys remember that? For like a week, you couldn't get anything off Amazon because of something that was happening in, way over in Saudi Arabia, right? And that's the church. It's like the current's going this way, and some people are pulling this way, and some people are pushing this way. And oftentimes we can be like, we're all going the same direction. It's like, kind of. We're all pushing against the same thing. But we got to be pushing the same direction and moving the same direction. See, church, we have a mission. We have a mission that all people would experience the freedom and power of a new life in Jesus Christ. But we also have an immense opportunity, hear me, church. We have an immense opportunity. We have an immense opportunity as the body of Christ, as we've seen God move in the altar. If you were here last week and you saw like half the church up here, we were praying and believing for God to move in powerful ways, come on if you love that, right? If you love to see God move. We have amazing opportunity in small groups to see life transformation. Has your small group helped influence your heart and your life relationally, spiritually, socially? Anybody today? Yes, it enriches, it builds, it develops to have people there. We have immense opportunity to empower people in our kids' ministry in the next generation. We have immense opportunity in this young generation to grow up and begin to hear the gospel at an early age and make a, make a decision at an early age to follow the one true hope of Jesus Christ who isn't just showing us the way, he is the way. We have immense opportunity in the body, but can I tell you we also have immense opportunity on the block, in the streets, in the communities around the world who are also trying to build altars under direct persecution and difficulty. We have opportunities in our sister church all the way in Thailand to rescue women from sex trafficking. In fact, the, the team uh, this next weekend, Saturday, Saturday is doing a conference here um, at... 9 o'clock, and it's, it's going to be all about that. So if you're about that, come. 9 o'clock here. It's going to be an amazing sealed conference. It'll be great. Come. Women, be a part of that. It's, it's a women's thing, right? Yes, women, be a part of that. Man, I'll send you the link. Um, but we have immense opportunity around the world in missionaries. We have immense opportunity at Love the Block. Did you know this year it is our mission to go to three blocks? That is over 200 families that we're ministering to on a regular basis. We have immense opportunity not only to build uh, families up here and enrich families and pastor and shepherd family. We're hiring more pastors right now to make sure that we are constantly shepherding the blessing that you are as a part of this church. But also, there's families out there that need to hear the love of Jesus Christ. And we can do both because we have opportunity and we have the Holy Spirit. We have opportunity not only to hand out 1,500 toys at Christmas to bless kids, but to hand out 2,000 toys at Christmas. To not give just 150 backpacks, but to give 250, 300 backpacks to kids. To look at families who are going home hungry and feeling unequipped and empower, unempowered, and to build a family resource center to completely uh, supply and equip them as parents, as individuals, as children of God, to give them food, to give them clothes, to give them school supplies, to prepare them for jobs. 
We have the opportunity to teach budgeting classes so that people who have never learned what to do with money can begin to be given the tools to take steps of enriching their own family. We have the opportunity to teach parenting classes. We have the opportunity to teach foster classes so that in the richest nation in the world, we cannot be plagued by the terrible truth that there are children who go home without homes. We have immense opportunity in the house and outside of the walls. But the question is, unlike that ship pushing from both sides, how do we go one direction? How do we push one way in the opportunity that God is presenting? And so we've been working for the past six months with our board of how do we organize this? How do we steward it? How do we honor it? How do we not only build the great kids programs, the pastoring, the discipleship here? You know, when you give, when you tithe, that's what that goes towards, right? It builds the body. And so we can build an amazing kids ministry for the next generation so we can build great discipleship. But what about outside the walls? And yes, we could trickle it through, you know, steal from Peter to pay Paul. We could (laughs) trickle it through out. Or we could develop something and build something and step out together in faith and see God move in a powerful way. And so today we're launching this ministry it's really what it is, but it's really, I guess, an opportunity. I know today's different than any, any other Sunday, but we're launching this thing called Kingdom Builders. Kingdom Builders exists to engage the generosity of this church so that all might hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Kingdom Builders is a group of people committed to giving above and beyond to see the kingdom of God grown in this city, in this church, and around the world. And I'm going to give you one of these when you leave today, because especially if you're a long processor, I want to honor you. I feel like sometimes the long processors, you get a bad rap, like, decide now. And you're like, that's not how it's built. Can I just say, long processors, I'm thankful for you, because you're also the most faithful, consistent servants at this church. I'm thankful for you. (laughs) So I want you to know that I value and honor you. So I'm going to give this to you when you leave. Everybody take one, and it'll describe this. But I'm just going to tell you there's three categories for kingdom builders. So we have the love the body. When you give, when you tithe, we have love the body. That builds up pastoring, shepherding, guidance, discipleship, kids ministry. This is to go out. There's three categories. One is global missions. We've sat down at a team, and you, and you, can, you can read all of these in here, all the projects. I can't tell you all of them. There's a lot that we're going to do, even as this size church, that we believe God's going to do through the generosity. If you engage in generosity at this church, but there's three categories we put them in. So let me tell you a little bit of how we've broken it down for this coming year. Every year, the board is going to sit down and talk about what is God doing and what are we going to fund through Kingdom Builders for the next year. So this is what this is. Ready? Global missions. Someone say global missions. Global missions. We're going to support 20 missionaries around the world, including Chi Alpha and U.S. missions. We're re-upping our support of our Thailand church, and we're engaging with all of our missionaries, but we're also making sure that our Chi Alpha, if you don't know what Chi Alpha is, Chi Alpha ministers to the colleges around the nation, and we specifically sponsor colleges in the Southwest because we want to see college students encounter Jesus in the most pivotal season of their life. How many of you know that colleges need Jesus right now? Amen? Amen. So there's lots of things in there. You can go read our global partners, Feed One, a Convoy of Hope, all that stuff. Uh, but the second category is local outreach. Someone say local outreach. Local outreach, that's our second category. And a local outreach includes this. It includes this year for Love the Block, we're going to be ministering to three blocks, over 200 homes a week. And I love our team. Our team's doing a great job of organizing and doing a really good job stewarding resources. Amen? To make sure resources are going the right way. We also have all our community partnerships. You can go read about in there that we're going to be sponsoring. We're going to be part of Kingdom Builders. will be our Christmas in Scottsdale, where I said we're going to hand out 2,000 toys this year. 2,000 toys to families in need. That also includes our back-to-school bash. It was amazing this year, but we got big plans for next year for what God can do through generosity engage as people give. Again, this is above and beyond generosity for those people who choose to step into that. And then uh, another thing you'll see in here is our Family Resource Center. You'll see that listed. Again, that's what I mentioned, that how we're going to set that up with the school to be a resourcing place for families to come and get all the things that they could possibly need, whether it be food, clothes, school supplies, everything to bless them. Third category. Everyone still with me? Here's what we're doing the next year. Future church expansion. Future church expansion. Now, future church expansion is important because we have to meet and dig the ditches in preparation for the rain that God is going to send. 
And so in doing so, we began to evaluate the mission of the church and how we fulfill that. And I'm a firm believer that any facility should meet the mission. It shouldn't inspire it. It should meet what God has called the church to do. And so we said, what's the mission? Well, our mission is community and discipleship. And I said, well, what do we have room for in our building? And the answer is not community and not discipleship. <laughs> That's a problem to me. So you're, so you're about to see one of the first building campaigns I think that might have ever existed that doesn't include making the auditorium bigger. <laughs> because as a church, we're believing we're going to expand our children's ministry and our community spaces for a 2,200-square-foot addition. You're like, where? Up. That's why these giant beams that could support basically the entire, I don't know, Godzilla uh, <laughs> can support a second story above this. So we're going to build a 2,200-square-foot addition onto the building, and that will provide a kid space for every age group of child. It will provide a space for a youth ministry for discipling the next generation. It will include multiple adult classrooms so we can begin to have education and discipleship and equipping, parenting classes, foster classes, budget classes, everything like that. If you've been here on a Wednesday just trying to get small groups in here is borderline impossible. How are we going to meet the need of bringing in everybody else? So we said, okay, we got to step out in faith. And so we're going to begin to expand. I mean, I love that our kids' ministry is 42 kids, but man, if Delaney keeps doubling it, we're going to have to put them somewhere. And the basement's packed. We got a bunch of tables and stuff down there. <laughs> Falling on kids. You can't have that, right? <laughs> we so our mission is, like I said, to not only build the body, but to love the block. And so both are needed, right? You've got to reach out. But when you reach out and people have begun to come into the church, if you're here because we've reached out, I want to say, welcome. We love you. But we want to make sure we have a place to honor you when you come into this church and empower you and equip you. Amen? So as a church, you can, you can go, you can read. I put all this in this thing. You can go read this. When you go out, you're going to grab one of these. And inside is a little pledge card in the back. And I want you to just take this and I want you to pray about it. Again, long processors, I love you. <laughs> People who are afraid or you've been hurt by church because you've been compelled, forced, guilted into doing something. I love you. I see your hurt. I recognize your past. I recognize it because I also have it. But I want you to say, I want you to hear the mission and the cry of my heart for what God wants to do in this city and around the world. And that I want to honor. You have been so faithful. And I want to take what's been sporadic and make it systematic. And begin to apply what God wants to do. And so I want you to prayerfully consider being a kingdom builder. Here's our goal for the next two years. This is the only time we're doing it for a two-year chunk, but that's because we're doing some serious expansion and we're launching it off. Normally it'll be one year at a time, whatever those projects are for that year. But this is a two-year chunk, and we are believing for $800,000 over the next two years to do all that God's called us. Yeah. Amen. Someone asked me, uh, I, I love having lunch with our, our really, really wise people in this church. And someone asked me, in fact, band, you can come up. Uh, someone <laughs> asked me, are you nervous? And I was like, yes. <laughs> uh, but not, not in the way you'd think. I'm not uncertain. Those are different things, right? I'm not scared. Uh, it reminds me of the moment. I, I, recent, I started boxing this time last year. It reminds me of the moment when you're going to fight. And you're sitting there and you're waiting. And then that bell rings. And you either have two choices. You can go out. Or you can stand there and wait and get punched in the face <laughs> and get knocked out. So you're going to step out or get knocked out. I feel that same way as a church. The church, the world does not need any more communities bunkering down. They need communities of faith stepping out in generosity. I don't know what that looks like for you. But I'm not going to see your pledge card. It doesn't matter to me. It's not about your gift. It's about your heart. I want to I encourage you to engage in what God wants to do because I believe he's called us out into a great moment to fight the good fight and to contend for this city and for around the world. For he loves these people. They are his children. And his heart breaks that they do not know him. So I want to invite you to do three things. Very first thing, plan. When you're, you're going to get this thing and you're going to, you might, you know, Hopefully you make it home with it all the way from your car into your house, <laughs> not under your seat. But I want you to plan. God loves when we, we make a plan, meaning in the sense of not like, God, I'm going to do this. But God, I want to begin to really prayerfully think about what you're doing. I want you to take time, read through this, make a plan about giving. Second thing, vision. Ask God to speak to you about how you can step in as a kingdom builder and above and beyond generosity. Again, it's not, a lot of people are going to give to Kingdom Builders this year. This is not about the size of your gift. This is about how you're responding to the calling and leading and prompting of the Lord. Amen. 
I just want to say, don't box God in. Can we say that, church? Don't box God in. Don't box God in. Because, man, if I had boxed God in when we began this church, we wouldn't be where we are now. I wish I could go back sometimes and tell myself, hey, stop boxing him in because there's more he could be doing and there's more he's going to do. But have that vision. The The third thing, final thing together is dream. Church, let's dream. I was talking to my coach the other day. He said, you know, the churches that are coming back strong after COVID, you know what they're doing? They're dreaming again. People are beginning to dream and get a dream. Can I just say prayerfully invite God to reveal to your heart what he can do through your generosity? Some of you, it's time to begin to dream big dreams. Say, man, if I begin to give, what could God do? To read through here, begin to get a vision. Begin to see these lives. Begin to see these people. Not only in building the body, but in loving the block and reaching out. Being a kingdom builder. I just want to encourage you today, some of you, let God begin to inspire your heart. Let God begin to inspire your heart. And in three weeks, I'm going to invite you to bring, there's a pledge card in the back of this. I'm going to invite you to bring this back. In three weeks, we're going to have a pledge Sunday here. And I'm going to invite you just to prayerfully over the next couple weeks, think about this and bring this card back or mail it in. But encourage you to bring it back. And we're going to pray and we're going to believe for what God's going to do. And I, I really, truly believe that we're going to see over the next 10 years the most beautiful expression of the fruit because of the choice of a church in this time, in this place to be faithful. And that's how the kingdom works. It's fruit. It's faithful, 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 fruitful. So I want to invite you. Would you stand with me today? I want to pray over you. I want to end service just by praying over you. If you're with me in this place, I just want to invite you. Would you bow your heads with me? This is my prayer. This has been my prayer over you, church. I've been interceding over you. I've been praying over this church. I've been praying over your life. Our team has been praying for you. Not for some grandiose sense of our glory or honor, but because we believe that God wants to do something through this church like never before. And we're so thankful that God is calling us to it. And so I want to pray for you that God would begin to speak to your heart and speak to your life. So if you're here in this place and you're just saying with me and you would agree with me, wow, God, there's a great opportunity for our future as Banner Church. We don't, want to str- we don't want to shrink back. We want to step in to what God has. But God, I just need you to work on my heart. Give me direction. Give me clarity. Give me wisdom. Stir it up in me. Maybe give me a passion and a fire, whatever it might be. You're just saying, God, would you just begin to speak to me today and Holy Spirit move upon my life. Remember what I said? It begins with the Holy Spirit, all of it. Would you just with me, if that's you, and you're saying, God, would you just move upon me today as I prayerfully consider becoming a kingdom builder? Would you just lift your hands with me? I want to pray with you today. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for the gift of your kingdom. We thank you. We pray, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray, God, move upon this place. Move upon this church. God, I thank you for the great opportunity that you have presented. I thank you for the great opportunity that you have given this church to be a light to this city and this state and this nation and around the world. And I pray, God, that in our obedience, you would multiply our generosity because, God, you are so generous. You are so good. Thank you for sending your son. Thank you for giving your son to die for us. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit. And so, Holy Spirit, we pray, lead us today. Move upon our hearts. I pray you would stir up a passion. I pray you would stir up dreams and visions for that person who's really struggled to dream again. Maybe they've been hurt by church in this setting. I pray healing right now in the name of Jesus upon their heart, upon their spirit, upon their life, that you would begin to speak to them, that you would begin to renew them, that you would begin to restore them. And Holy Spirit, as we take this step as a church, we pray for the miraculous. We pray for the transformational. We pray for the restoration as we not only build the body of Christ here, as we shepherd the body here, but as we reach out beyond our walls. God. We pray, grow your church, build your church through the generosity of your people engaged in the mission of Jesus Christ. We thank you in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. I've just been in a place of prayer about this, and I I just want to say, man, God is so good. (laughs) 
And this is the most different Sunday I've ever preached ever in my life. And I've been praying for months about sharing these words with you. So thank you for the grace uh, to share them with you because I really believe that God is moving us forward. Can I just say that? Can, can we just say God is good this morning? God is good, amen? Amen. God is good. God is so good. God is so good.